Welcome to the Compassionate Educators Show for teachers who desire to change lives without self-sacrifice. Let's dig deep together into the skill set, mindset, and best practices you and your students need to thrive in today's schools. Now your host, Marie Cooney. Hello and welcome to the show, Compassionate Educators. So I went back and forth this week about Am I going to touch the subject of coronavirus? And at the end of the day, I decided to share some thoughts with you about this because I think I'm coming at this from a different perspective than what you might be hearing in other sources of media. So we are going to have this conversation, and I hope that you stick with us because we're not actually talking about coronavirus specifically we are talking about how to use this timely news story in order to help our students build some life skills and also to help you and your students stay safe and healthy as well. So we are going to wrap that all into one today. Let's start out with one of the basic premises of compassionate educators, and that is to be a role model for our students. So when we are taking care of our health, we are also teaching students how critical it is to take care of their health as well. And I want to share with you a lot of these ideas that I got for this episode come from Ariana Huffington. She has an article through one of her companies, Thrive Global, which really nicely outlines some tips that you can take to protect yourself. And so um, I will post that link in the show notes, but really just pay attention here today because I'm going to hopefully make this article come live and add some additional ideas that you can take with you into the classroom. In Miss Huffington's article, she points out a quote from Dr. David Agus, who says, If you throw a lit match into a dewy wet forest, what happens? Nothing. But toss that same device into a parched landscape that hasn't seen rain in a long time, and you'll soon have a quickly moving fire on your hands. The difference between these two environments, one damp and saturated and another dry and thirsty, means everything in terms of how they respond to that spark. And this metaphor is a way of saying, as Miss Huffington describes, the strength of our immune system matters greatly in our fight against disease. The inner environment we cultivate can truly make a difference. Isn't that so powerful? I'm going to say that one more time because this applies to health, physical health. It applies to emotional health. And as you know, we are having our emotional regulation workshop coming up at the end of the month in the Facebook group. And so this is really opening up another way to think about, again, physical health and emotional and mental health as well. So once again, the strength of our immune system matters greatly in our fight against disease. The inner environment we cultivate can truly make a difference. So again, the inner environment we cultivate can truly make a difference. Isn't that just beautiful? I love that. So we really want to work at strengthening our immune systems. 
If you want to hear more about how to strengthen our emotional regulation system, then you can join us for the workshop at the end of the month. But today, it's all about our physical health. So number one, and I've said this before in previous podcasts, when we talk about the wrist trifecta, you need sleep. We need sleep, right? So sleep is critical to protecting our immune systems. Think of sleep as your immune system's hero. So if you want to build your inner health, it's so critical that you make time for sleep. And what I mean by making time for sleep is at least seven hours. Seven to eight hours is ideal. Um, There's also been studies done that show those who get less sleep, specifically six hours or less, their immune system is up to four times weaker than those who get at least seven hours of sleep at night. So If you are concerned that you are wasting time by sleeping, understand that your lack of sleep is probably going to be taking away a lot of time. It's going to be stealing possibly days from you, right? Because you're going to be more likely to get sick and have to stay home and rest. I always think of our bodies like a vehicle. If you neglect to get your regular checkups and to put oil in the system and neglect to put gas in the car, is it going to run? No, it's eventually going to sputter out. And the same is true of our bodies. I know I've pushed and pushed myself before. And after so much pushing, eventually my body's just like, you're done. Like you are going to be resting and recovering because you pushed me too hard and I just, I need a break, right? So instead of getting to the point of breakdown, let's make sure that we are getting the sleep. And if that means shifting your schedule or making something, maybe your favorite TV show, less of a priority, then maybe that's what you need to do. And especially this time of year when we have not only you know, the coronavirus that people are worried about and talking about, but just the flu in general and colds and other viruses and illnesses that are going on. So, uh, you know, really protecting yourself by getting the sleep that your body needs and that your brain needs to. So the next one is making sure that you And I'm sure that you already know this, but I'm saying it again because I also want you to take this information and share it with your students, right? Let them know how important it is to get enough sleep. And for our students, they need much more than seven or eight hours. They need more like typically 10 or so hours, depending on their age. But um, a good round number is 10 hours of sleep for our kiddos. And then also letting them know how important it is to have water, you know, letting them drink as much water as they need. I know it can be annoying when you have a room full of kids, especially at the elementary level, uh, constantly saying, hey, can I get some water? Can I get some water? And you're trying to get through a lesson. So how can you bring that into your classroom in a way that is going to be structured so that they can stay hydrated, you can get through their lesson, 
Can you encourage them to bring a water bottle from home with their name written on it? Can you have once an hour, because our kids shouldn't be sitting for more than, actually they shouldn't be sitting for anywhere near an hour anyways at one given time, but can you set aside you know, a five minute break every hour so that everyone can get up and get water, do a little stretch, uh, build those pieces into your normal classroom routine. And then you won't have everybody at random times of the day wanting to get up for water. <laughs> also, encouraging healthy food, this goes for us as well, avoiding processed foods, avoiding sugar. Um, sugar actually increases our body's attraction to viral infections. So think about that. So this is so hard for me because I am such a sugar addict, I admit it. And I keep having to tell myself, you know, just put the sugar down, put the treats down, put the chocolate down. And it's tough. It's really, really hard. But again, if we want to keep ourselves healthy, then that is what we need to do. Uh, when I was working at the elementary school, I also, as much as I shouldn't have been in lunch duty um, every lunch time. But what I did was I used it sometimes as a way to encourage healthy eating. So as we know, a lot of times our students, they go through the lunch line and they get their requirement of fruits and veggies and it sits on their tray and that's about it. And then it goes in the trash can. If you didn't know that that happened, go visit the cafeteria one of these times and uh, you'll see a lot, unfortunately, of waste that goes on there, but that's a whole nother topic. So anyways, my point with the lunchroom is that we want our students to at least try those healthy items, right? So what I would do is I would go up to a table and say, oh my gosh, look at this, this pear, it looks amazing you know, are you, are you going to eat that? And if a student says, no, I don't like it, I might say, oh, you know what? You should try one bite. And again, if you're talking about health and ways to boost our immune system and those basic truly life skills, they are going to be a little more curious, right? They're going to be a little more interested in trying it if you're having those conversations in the classroom. So, you know, even before, if you're a classroom teacher, before you send them to lunch, you can say, hey, I wonder who's going to be having some healthy food at lunch. And I want to hear about what you ate, what you tried, what new, you know, fruits and vegetables you tried at lunch. If you are working with middle and high school students, you can definitely still use this. You can, you know, let them know, hey, I wonder um, who's going to be really working on helping their bodies stay healthy by trying some new fruits and veggies at lunch. And you'll be surprised by how bringing these little pieces into your conversations can help your students become really more interested and more invested in their own health as well. Now, I know from a standpoint of numbers, we want our attendance rates to stay high. So bringing these conversations into the classroom I am guessing is not going to be considered a waste of time by your admin because you can just point out the fact that by having these conversations with your students, 
it's going to increase their likelihood of staying healthy, which in turn increases the attendance rates. You see how this all works together. <laughs> so moving on to another piece of how you can boost your immune system is reducing stress and anxiety. Now, I know with all this talk about staying healthy, and especially when it comes to the media's portrayal of coronavirus, it actually has been increasing stress and anxiety for the general population. It's really important here to bring in some pieces of just being mindful about the way that we talk about this to our students, to our children, and even to ourselves, and not revving up into a level of hyper-anxiety when it comes to staying healthy, but being really focused and determined on doing what we can to stay healthy, but also knowing that, yes, there are sometimes factors that come into play that, w that are just out of our control. And when we can have that recognition of, you know what, I'm going to do my best to keep myself healthy, to promote healthy options and to promote healthy habits to those around me. And you take control of that because we can also help our students just in general to come to a place of having less stress and anxiety by, I'm going to throw it out there again, emotional regulation. Again, sign up for that workshop if you haven't yet, because when students can recognize when they are stressed, when they are frustrated, when they are nervous and scared about things that they are probably hearing on the news. I mean, you know as well as I do that there's a lot of students who are being exposed to news stories and media that truly just instill fear versus this is what we can do, right? So we're teaching the life skills versus heightening any fear that is being created by the media right now. So we are going to help our students to be able to recognize their own emotions and helping so that they can bring themselves back to a peaceful state, a more calm state, that they feel that they have some tools that they can use when they are getting anxious or scared, whether it's in terms of thinking about their health, others' health, or any situation in general. And another piece of helping our students reduce stress and anxiety is letting them know that we are the adults and their job is to, to develop those healthy habits, but it's our job to help ensure the safety of their environment. So taking on some of that responsibility so that they can feel more confident that as adults, we got this, right? And that's what every kid wants to know. They want to know that they are safe, that they are cared for. So ensuring them that, hey, we are working together as adults, as teachers, as staff, with your families, and creating the safest environments possibly that we can. And then the last piece to this that I want to mention, can you guess? Can you guess what it is? I bet that you can guess <laughs> the final piece to all of this because we are hearing about this all the time. Wash your hands. Have the students wash their hands. This is so important and 
it's up to us as adults to remind our students of the importance of washing their hands. If you haven't seen images yet of the differences uh, between the germs left on the hands after hand washing and the germs left on the hands after using hand sanitizer, please look that up because there is a big difference. Yes, if you don't have the means to have your students wash your hands, hand sanitizer is better than nothing, but there's also some uh, considerations with that as well because it is just chemicals truly on the hands, but it is better in terms of keeping viruses and bacteria um, away, especially before they are going to lunch, right? And truly at any time, so we're constantly touching our faces. And so keeping our hands clean, having specific times when you are taking your students to wash their hands if they're younger, and then if they are older, really just reinforcing before they leave your classroom and asking them, hey, did you wash your hands? Hey, this is a great time to go wash your hands, right? And they might roll their eyes at you. But if you're having these little pieces of conversation throughout the day, they're going to get why you're saying that. And it's going to be a little seed that's planted and they're more likely to go and wash their hands. I also want to point out that I know that there are many, many instances where children are going throughout the school day and they're not washing their hands. There seems to be no time before lunch um, to have students wash their hands. Please make this a priority. I mean, truly, if you want to help keep the students healthy, there's going to be a way to fit this in. And again, if your admin says anything about, well, why are you taking the time, the five minutes out of uh, reading in order to wash hands, bring it back to it's going to increase attendance rates, right? Even as you're washing hands, you can have them do, you know, silent activities as you're washing your hands to reinforce some of the lessons that you're doing. So keep that in mind too. I'm just going to quickly go through this one more time so that we really are on the same page because again, this isn't important just at this moment in time, but these are critical life skills that you are helping the students to understand the significance of. Once again, making sure that we are strengthening our immune systems by getting enough sleep, at least seven hours for adults and closer to 10 hours for children. Sleep is the immune system's hero. Getting enough water, staying hydrated, eating healthy food and avoiding the processed food and all that sugar, which I need that reminder for myself again, <laughs> uh, reducing stress and anxiety, and of course, keeping our hands clean, washing them, you know, as frequently as we can. Because again, thank you to Miss Huffington, the inner environment we cultivate can truly make a difference. All right, I hope this was a helpful perspective on what we can do to keep ourselves and our students healthy at all times. And I did mention the emotional regulation workshop that's coming up at the end of March and beginning of April. If you are not yet registered or if you have not heard about this yet, uh, I'll run down briefly what to expect. So this emotional regulation workshop is amazing because it's going to help you bring your students from that frenzy chaotic state 
to come so that you can make a bigger impact when delivering your lessons and not waste so much time on outbursts and meltdowns and all of those behavior challenges that come along when students are not handling their emotions well. So this is happening in the Compassionate Educators Facebook community beginning March 30th. It's all free. It's all online. So I'm making this as easy as possible for you to be able to attend. It is going to be happening for a full week because there is so much amazing information that I want to share with you so that you can truly help your students and help yourselves in the process as well, right? So if you are interested in registering for the workshop, please go to www.compassionateeducators.com backslash workshop. All you need to do is put in your name and your email address. Your email address gives me the opportunity to send you a reminder as we get closer to the date and also the free workbook that accompanies the workshop. Feel free to share it with your friends. I know that this is going to be so helpful whether you are a classroom teacher, a school counselor, a school social worker, a worker, a paraprofessional, admin, uh, you know, no matter what your role is in the school system or even as a parent, this is something that can be really beneficial as well. So again, that is www.compassionateeducators.com backslash workshop. And just to note that you do have to join the Facebook community in order to be part of the workshop because that is where I'm hosting all of the videos, all of the information, because it's a great free platform that everyone has access to. So that is going to be happening again March 30th for that entire week. It is completely free of charge and you can invite your friends so that you can have conversations afterwards too and figure out how you're going to implement these really simple yet effective strategies in your classrooms, in your small groups, with your students, or with your own kids as well. All right, I can't wait to connect with you more. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.